Hello, welcome to the Loney Show. I'm your host, John Loney, and in this episode, we don't have any regulars because it's 7 in the morning and pretty much everyone's asleep. But as for our guest, she's from New York. She's currently at Harvard. She's an author of 40 children's books and a memoir for adults about overcoming food addictions. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Brock of Gets. Hi there. Hello. So, how's life? Oh, really awesome. How about yours? Oh, well, that's going great. Uh, so much coming my way. Uh, additions to drum school, uh, recording other episodes, uh, social media, and yeah, pretty much everything is going great. What did you say? What, what kind of school? Drama school. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, that's very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so, tell me about what you do for a living. Well, um, I've written like 40 children's, 40 children's books have been published, and I'm, I'm still writing more, and um, I, I just enjoy doing this so much. And, and also, I spend a lot of time letting, letting the world know about the books. People don't realize that once you write a book, then you have to let people know about it. That's really what it's about. It's like it's like a sign doesn't just appear in the world that your book was published. That's that becomes your job, letting people know about it. And I really enjoy doing that. Like um, I meet other authors and they go, "Oh gosh, I didn't realize I'd have to spend all this time promoting my book." And I go, "It's not promoting your." You're revealing your book to the world. You're sharing it. You're letting people know about it. And I don't know, when you have that attitude, you don't get tired from it. You don't get burned out. You get energy from sharing about your books. Incredible. Incredible. And has being an author has always been your dream job, or have you thought about doing other stuff as a child? <laughs> That's a great question. You know, um, it's so funny in high school, you know, like in the, the, we had a high school yearbook and, and um, they voted me class author. And I was like, why are they doing that? And now I see why, oh my gosh, they were right. I, did, I didn't even see it, but people always thought I was gonna be an author. Um, like I've done other things too. Um, Originally, after I graduated from Harvard, I was um, going to medical school and I was thinking of becoming a psychiatrist. Um, but I left medical school in the middle to, um, to pursue really my spiritual goals because I felt empty inside. So I really pursued what my soul was telling me to do, how to nourish my soul. And I've spent the rest of my life doing that, um, really following what my soul was craving in life. So it's been very enjoyable. And I write the books that I wished I had as a child, books that helps help children's souls to shine. I, I, I feel that if, if children don't learn about 
the wisdom of life early on, then people spend the rest of their lives trying to catch up because they weren't given that wisdom as a child. So that's what I'm, I try to do. Great. Amazing. And when you do write these books, do you have a process that goes along with it or do you just come up with something that comes into your head? Yeah, great question too. I'm telling you, a lot of times, because now that I'm a popular writer, sometimes people will call me with ideas. Like they'll say, we really need a, a book about um, healthy eating for children. So I, I hear that, they, that that book is needed. And I go, that's really true. I don't exactly know how to write it. I go to sleep and like, I, I w end up waking up at early in the morning with the way the book should be, the title, how to write the book, everything. I, I feel that these gifts come to me from source energy. And they're gifts that I wake up with in the morning. It's, and I keep a pad by my bed so I could scribble down the ideas before they go away. And, and, and then I know how to write the book. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like there's a prayer sent out to the cosmic oneness of the universe, and it comes. The answers come. If the book is needed, then I then I get a message about how to write them, basically like that. And sometimes I'm just out in the world looking around, and ideas come, and that's how it goes. But you know, when I give presentations in schools, I tell the children that it's kind of like rain that pours down. Rain pours down into my brain and that's how ideas come. Yeah. Great, amazing. So other, other besides writing, what else do you do in your free time? <laughs> I do exercise classes, which I love. I love going on walks. Um, taking care of children. Let's see what else. Um, connecting with people. I spend a lot of time connecting. Um, of course, like online and just with the people I'm meeting. So right now I'm in Israel and I'm really enjoying being here. I've been here for a few months and you know, I'm, I'm discovering, going around, seeing places, loving it. <laughs> it's not like any other place on earth. Yeah. Cool, cool. Now, what was life for you growing up? Um, I had a really wonderful childhood filled with a lot of love. Um, but my parents weren't into spirituality. And because of that, I always felt like something was missing. And I didn't know what it was because I didn't even know I was a spiritual being. But it was something in me that was hungry, I would say. And like I, I, when I was in my teen years, I had like food addictions, problems. Like I never could get enough. And then I was dieting so I wouldn't get too overweight because I was overeating. It was like fluctuating between these things. So later on, 
actually the memoir that I wrote, The Only Book for Adults. It's a pretty candid memoir. It's about overcoming food addictions and recognizing that it wasn't my body that was hungry, it was my soul. So once I found the nourishment that filled my hungry soul, there was no longer a need for the food addictions. Um, so even though I had a, a really loving childhood, I feel that we also need spiritual nourishment in order to thrive in life. Yeah, I absolutely agree. <laughs> so is there any books you're writing on recently? Well, yeah, my newest book is the Let's Stay Healthy book. And it's a lot of fun because I, I, I'm trying to explain to children early on that the candy, candy looks so harmless, stuff like that. And it's, it's very colorful, but it's really filled with like chemical additives and, and the colors, the food coloring is really poisonous stuff. And things like soda, like we, we would never water a plant with soda. It would die so quickly. But instead, we, 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 we slowly are killing ourselves and children with the junk food. It's really true. Instead of, it, and, and we call it junk food, but it shouldn't even be called food because it doesn't help to maintain life and, and help us to grow in a good way. It actually depletes us of our nutrients. And, and junk food, I, I, I recently learned, um, it became really, really prevalent in the 1980s when, when smoking went downhill because of so much public education about how bad smoking is. Um, the um, the giants of the smoking industry moved into the junk food industry, taking all their knowledge and expertise with them, and junk food exploded. And so really, uh, the difference between our natural foods, our whole foods, is that the, the whole foods are designed to be delicious and nutritious. And the junk food is designed to be delicious and addictive. So the earlier that we can explain to children about why it's not good for them, the better. This is, this is one of the things, one of the, the jewels of wisdom, the gems of wisdom that I love to give children early on in a cheerful way, believe it or not. It's a really colorful, cheerful book, Let's Stay Healthy. And it explains how junk food really isn't good for us. And also, like stuff like how good exercise is, because our bodies are meant to move. Uh, they're designed that way. So, you know, being very sedentary is, is so not healthy for us. And it's because of junk food and being very sedentary that now children are getting type 2 diabetes, which was never prevalent among children before. So a lot of things like that I explain in the book. And, 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 you know, from the pandemic, like we all learned how important it is to have strong immune systems because we see the big difference between people that were affected by the virus that 
didn't have strong immune systems and those that do. So it's really, really important. It's, it's, it's not a joke to try to eat really healthy ways and to move a lot. And like in the book, I even explain why it's important to brush our teeth and floss our teeth and wash our hands with soap because germs are invisible. And even though we can't see them, they're there. So we really have to, I, I basically explain in the book why all these things are important, not just do this and do that, but I explain it and even sleep. Like no, no children want to go to bed, but like just I tell them to notice how differently they feel in the morning. If you've had a good night's sleep, you're so much happier. You have so much more energy and and, and, and otherwise you're cranky and grumpy if you, if you didn't get enough sleep. So uh, these are all kinds of things that I explain to children in, in my newest book. Right, incredible. Uh, do, you, do you travel often? Do I what? Do you travel often? Ah, uh, well, I mean, of course, since the pandemic, barely at all, nothing for, for like a couple of years. So this is my first big trip since the pandemic, and I'm so thrilled to, to be here now in Israel. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Have you, have you been to any countries in the past before the pandemic? Before the pandemic? Yeah, I, I used to come here to Israel, and I was traveling a lot around the United States, a lot. And other countries, well, I'll tell you one thing. During the pandemic, um, I've been doing presentations all around the world, which I love. Like, I went to Africa and Australia, which are which are continents that I never went to um, <laughs> um, physically. But I've been zooming there, doing presentations now um, during this time period, which I love. Um, so, in a in a way, I feel like I've been traveling more from my home office than I ever did before because because of all the presentations I do in different countries. Great, great. Now, what do you think is the best way to travel? This is the best way. <laughs> I don't even leave my chair and I'm going all over the place. Oh my gosh. I, feel, I describe it as being like in a spaceship. I feel when I, I feel like I go into cyberspace you know, I don't even have to get dressed. I can be in pajamas and I'm, I'm, I'm traveling everywhere. I love this. I, I think that this is one of the greatest things, that we could connect with all kinds of people all over the world, maybe in the future on other planets too, you know? It's great. <laughs> yeah. Do you like spicy food? No. <laughs> okay. My, my favorite thing is... Um, Sweet fruits, I, you know, I, 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 you know, I call it God's candy because that's really what it is. Um, and it's when you get used to it, then you could really get rid of the added sugar stuff. When you enjoy the grapes and the watermelons and the peaches um, and nuts, I love bananas. I my favorite things are like banana smoothies with nuts and oats and all kinds of fun things thrown in. So these are all just like natural trees that we've been given. Nice, nice. 
What is the funniest picture you have on your phone? <laughs> oh my gosh. What's the funniest picture? Hmm. Um, okay, here they're going to be, we're going to be in Israel, we're going to be celebrating a holiday called Purim soon. And um, there's a picture of my grandson. And he's wearing um, a hat from a Santa Claus hat, which is really funny because um, <laughs> that's not a holiday that he celebrates. And, and in Israel, like the Jewish people here don't relate to that. So it's funny that he's wearing a Santa Claus hat because in his kindergarten, they, they're not even aware of Christmas. So they put this hat on him, which is really funny and to celebrate Purim. Like, it's like a cultural difference that they're not even aware of. So it's very funny to see him dressed like this. Yeah. Okay, cool. Where, where was the most relaxing place you've been? The most what? Most relaxing. <laughs> most relaxing place. Um, the, definitely the beach. I love going to the beach. Yes. You know, I don't even have to be there for a long time. The minute I get to the shoreline and I feel, I feel that ocean breeze and I smell the salt water and with your feet in the sand and the sunshine all over, I, there's nothing like it. That's, that's another natural gift. Yeah. Yeah. If you could travel back in time, what decade would you live in? I, <laughs> well, I lived in it already. I mean, because I'm an older person. So I had a wonderful time during the 60s and 70s, 1960s and 70s. It was very awesome to grow up at that time. And I think that's what gave me the sense of innovation and that I could do anything I wanted to in life. And um, to feel that freedom, it was a, a, a time, um, a birth of a new kind of freedom happening. And it opened my mind up to be able to fulfill my potential in life. Great. Incredible. What has been the craziest, most outrageous thing you want to achieve? I, I want to achieve that everybody recognizes that they're a spiritual being. Just, just close uh, in a physical body. That what we are essentially are spiritual beings. And, and to some people that seems crazy. But, but, but as, they, as they experience more and more proof that they're spiritual beings, it becomes less outlandish. One of my books is called The Invisible Book because I'm explaining to children early on that there's like gravity and there's time and there's wind and there's feelings and there's thoughts and they're all invisible. And, and electromagnetism, what, what, how can a magnet pick up a paper clip? There are all these invisible forces in our life. 
So it's not hard to believe that we too, in essence, are invisible spiritual beings. The, the more we recognize that, the easier it will be to nourish our spiritual beings. Right. Amazing. What was the strangest dream you had? What was the what? Say it again, please. The, str- the strangest dream. Strangest dream. You ask very interesting questions. What was the strangest dream? Well, I'll tell you something. When I was at Harvard, I was in this class, and they told us to keep a dream log for seven days. And the seventh day was coming, and I woke up, and I still couldn't remember any of my dreams. So that night, I said, tonight, you've got to remember your dreams. This is my last chance, the last day. I better remember. I woke up the next morning, and I had such a long dream with this and that and that and that. So I recorded the whole thing because I because I focused on recording it. It was amazing. And I actually was able to remember it. And right now, I can't tell you what was. Oh, I remember part of that dream even, even though it was so long ago. The dream was about one part of it was my mother going to the door and she was smiling, even though before she went to the door, she was crying. But when she greeted the people at the door, she was smiling. I don't know why that part of the dream I stay, stays with me or what it means, but I don't know. Dreams are fascinating. They, they, they take up a large part of the Bible even, which is very interesting. I mean, we spend a third of our lives dreaming, <laughs> even though we don't even remember it. So, so much is going on. Again, that's another example. So much is going on that we're not even cognitive of. And it's having a big effect on our lives. Great. What is the most useful... I'm sorry. What's the most useful thing you own? (laughs) Okay. I guess it's my body. I mean, I don't really own my body. But it's it's, it's, it's given to me on loan. And it's here so that I could do good deeds in this world. That's what I feel. It's here for this period of time. I've got it. So that's why I really encourage people to take good care of their bodies. Because it's one of the things, one of the pieces of wisdom that I've learned is that like 99% of us, this is in our ancient wisdom, die before our time. Just due to the way we take care of ourselves. It's amazing. If, if, if we do more good self-care and live our lives in a healthy way, we'll be able to live not only hopefully longer, but also healthier so we could really enjoy all the years. Yeah. Great, great. If your mind was an island, what would it look like? My mind, an island. What an interesting question. I feel that my mind is like a garden. So this island is is, is this the most gigantic garden. I, I look at the whole world. I mean, there's plenty of water on this world, but the land we were given is a garden. It's And when we recognize that the world is a garden, 
then we recognize the abundance of pleasure that's here to enjoy. Um, so, so in my garden, there's just so, so many gifts, so many pleasurable gifts, natural gifts to enjoy. Great. Which pizza topping do you relate to most? I love mushrooms on pizza, but I love onions. I like all kinds of vegetables, just about everything thrown on top of the pizza. And, and I also like it plain. I mean, maybe people think of pizza somehow as junk food, but I put it in its own category. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of healthy things about pizza if it's not too greasy, you know, and especially if you throw on all the vegetables. Very yummy. <laughs> okay. Nice. Great. What, what fashion trend would you start if you were an influential fashion icon? I love, I loved the, the like wild kind of dressing from the 60s and 70s. It was very creative, very arty. So I like, like the more individualistic you could be with your dress, a lot of colors, express your joy of being alive through your dress. That's, I think, and, and creativity. Great. What superpower do you wish you could have? Superpower? Yes. Is, yeah. Well, my favorite superpower is gratitude. And, and, and I feel like you could never have enough of it. That's what I'm always striving to have more and more gratitude in life because that, it's the secret to joy having gratitude. Nice. What was the funniest moment you had? Funniest moment? Oh my gosh. Um, funniest moment. That's a hard one. Let me think. What's funniest moment? Um, um, can you tell me one of yours maybe while I'm thinking? <laughs> Yeah, sure. So, uh, so, all right. So basically, I'm not sure how far I'd go back for this one, but I remember, I think it was 2014, 2015. Actually, no, it was, uh, I think it was 2016 when this happened. Uh, we were doing this thing in science where we were calculating the temperature of a vase. I can't remember much of it, but uh, anyway, we, we were observing how the change in temperature happens. Basically, I was part in a group, and we all had to observe different bars or the change in temperature of boiling water. And then, so basically, for my group, we did pretty well. We have all, we've all did pretty well in observing the change in temperature and, and the consistency. However... The next week, when we all came back and observed all the results, one of the groups had put in uh, a far-out anomaly calculation. So that means what, one, uh, one of the time frames for the temperatures was way out of the, the flow. It was not aligned with how the temperature dropped in the boiling water. Right. What what I found it so funny is that this is this was no accident. This was fully intentional. <laughs> and then when the teacher found out, she was fuming. She was so mad. 
he she she gave him the whip. He she had took him outside, humiliated him, and all the other kids were laughing at him. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, he did However, it to be. He did it to be funny. Yeah, I I, I I'm not sure why he did that. <laughs> all I know was he did it intentionally, just like just have a laugh weather. But of yeah. course, my science teacher wasn't happy about it and just yeah. Scott trying to ruin his life any way she can, any way she can, because yeah, yeah, she she's a bit of a perfectionist. She doesn't take, she doesn't, she doesn't tolerate any signs of anomaly or whatever. She doesn't like when things go out of line. So yeah, 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 it's pretty understandable. Yeah. <laughs> so, have you thought about your funniest moment? I don't know. I'm gonna come up with just a stupid joke. Okay. What what did what did zero say to the what did the what did zero say to the number eight? What? I like your belt. That's it. it. That was uh, the whole joke. Okay, let's move right along here. Okay. <laughs> so, wh- what flavor of ice cream do you wish existed? Oh, something that doesn't exist already. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to be, it's going to be gratitude ice cream. It's going to be filled with all kinds of healthy stuff. And when you, the first, very first lick, you are going to be filled with gratitude. And you're going to savor every single lick of the ice cream. You're not going to, um... You're not going to have any of it, like, um, mindlessly. You're going to mindfully savor the entire ice cream. And when, you're, when you are done with the ice cream, you are going to be uplifted physically and spiritually. Incredible. Nice. <laughs> so, what restaurant do you eat at most? Oh, I almost never go to restaurants. Yeah, we eat at home almost all the time because we eat, you know, just like natural stuff and basic. Um, but but if but I would just pick a pizza place. I like to try out different pizza places, um, and that's what I, I, I'm. I'm not the type that likes to hang out at a restaurant much at all. But like a place like um, yeah, trying pizza in different places is fun. <laughs> great, great. Now, would you see yourself still writing books 20 years from now? Yes. When I'm 86. There's no reason not to be writing books still, right? Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. What's your strangest hidden talent? My strangest hidden talent? Uh, it's dance. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a dancer, and, and most people don't know that, but um, sometimes they find out I love to dance. Yeah. Oh, great, great. What was the weirdest nickname you've been given? Hmm. Well, my English name is Vicky, which I don't go by. I go by my Hebrew name. Um, but they used to call me Tricky Vicky, but I hated that name. Really, it oh doesn't fit me at all. Yeah, of course it doesn't. 
I don't think they were intended to be mean or anything. Right. Uh, people call me PD because my name is Peter Daniel Silver Clemson, my full name. So my, my mates just shortened my name down to PD, so for Peter Daniel. Right. Uh, people also call me Pete, or uh, other people on the internet call me Johnny Loney because that's the name I use when I post social media content. Huh. Yeah. Very nice. Thank you. And that is all we have for this episode. It is great having you, Bracca. Oh, it was a pleasure. Such a great time. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And until next time, stay tuned for more. <laughs>